Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Angbalano, and joining me is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, how are we doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm great, Mike. Uh, sorry we don't have Aaron Johnson here. He threw out his back um, trying out for the Motor City Cruise, unfortunately. So <laughs> he is recovering, but word on the street is he was not the worst participant there. Um, so that's that's good. He might be making the roster. We'll see. He might be leaving Palace of Pistons, but hey, we'll be able to cover him uh, as a subject for once. That'll be nice. You know, that's funny. I, I, you know, the back injury is one thing. I, I heard that he was having like uh, emergency tear duct surgery for the poor display that the summer league team put out there and then totally mm-hmm. ruined his last four months of trivial postulating about uh, how good the summer league team. Would be. Oh, that's too bad. And unfortunately he couldn't, he couldn't pay for the surgery because he lost all his money betting on those summer <laughs> league games. That's such a shame. That's really <laughs> tough. But, you know, if he had used that online and that was his first bet, then he would have actually had a little bit extra money to lose. Isn't that right? That's right. Uh, well, he could have won a little bit of it back on those last three games, at least. Right. Yes. And had that been his first sign up with Bet Online, that would have been uh, a 50% welcome bonus. So he would have had even more money that he could have lost. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets, games, uh, or futures, who you'll think win a championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. If you visit the website today or use your mobile device to join, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So, uh, again, visiting the website betonline.ag on your mobile device. Uh, or on your computer, join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Oh, I went to a, I went to a Mets Giants game last night. Uh, I wish I had used Bet Online for that one because it was a total blowout. Uh, Giants won eight nothing. It was over by the fourth inning. I. I would have had a little something to, to look forward to if I had gone to betonline.com. I wish I had. Yeah, betting on the Mets, I think, has been a, probably not a very good thing to do for the last 40 years or so. So if you, <laughs> no. if you, if you do that, uh, you're kind of asking for it. That's very much true. I actually saw, a, speaking of futures bets, I saw some free money today. Uh, not that this is me giving gambling advice, uh, but – I believe uh, Steph Curry is minus 160 to lead the NBA in three-pointers 
made per game this year that's just like candy from a baby like i think mm. i'm pretty sure that guy has for the last four years in a row led the nba in threes made per game so and he's gonna little... get and he's gonna get clay thompson back yeah that should probably help right might, I mean, might you space would the floor that, a bit you would think that would help yes i would certainly think it helps mm-hmm. um i'm excited to watch you know being a Cavaliers fan, it obviously is painful to look at Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, but you just have to be awestruck by how freaking good both of those guys are. I mean, the drafting luck, what the heck? Well, what the yeah. Heck? I mean, hey, it's it's not and luck. Draymond you, Green. I was going to say, it's not luck when you get Draymonds in the second round. It's You're just good. Um, it's true. But, you they know, haven't done much since, but yeah. Mike, we will, Pistons fans will have an opportunity to see their team take on the Warriors this year on national TV, NBA TV. They are playing uh, the Warriors, and it's part of one of their only five national, and I, I use quotation marks when I say national TV games because I feel like so many people don't have NBA TV or just mm-hmm. never watch it. They only have like one real national game, and that's on ESPN November 10th against Houston at Houston. I was going to say, you know, the Cavaliers are in, a, are in a similar predicament with the Pistons. I believe the Cavs only have four national TV games, right? You're welcome. Yeah. I was going to say, does that, does that feel right to you, five national yes. TV games? For, oh, for a team that just got the number. Cavs. For the Cavs, no. <laughs> I, I don't think there's much debate there. For the Pistons, though, they this is a team that just got the number one pick in Cade Cunningham. Uh, obviously, they were terrible last year. However, they do seem to be a team on the upswing. They played a lot of really entertaining games against good competition last season. Just five national TV games. Does that feel right to you? Um. So, you know, I'm going to – I'm going to – probably have to ask you to vamp a little bit. I'm going to look up how many the Wolves had last year, unless you already they got have that information. They got, they, they only had, they had five as well. Last year with Anthony yes. Edwards. Yes. Okay. They got five total. Okay. Thank you for having that. Cause I was going to have a hard time finding it. Um, <laughs> Trust me, so it, it know, took me about an hour to figure that out. Cause I was trying to see how screwed did we get? <laughs> no, I actually think that five is fine. Honestly, um, we already know what the big media draws are. We already know Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, the Wolves had five. I think that's a bigger indictment on the Wolves. They already have D'Angelo Russell. They already have Carl Anthony Towns. They already had, you know, established stars or at least popular players around the league. And they still only had five. At least the Pistons have five and they don't have a star. Sorry, you know, Jeremy Grant, but, you know, he's not a – He's, he's not as nationally known or recognized as, you know, as Carl Anthony Towns. So, yeah, I, I think five is fine um, against the 76ers. That's Andre Drummond's return. That'll be, you know, that'll be something. fine, I guess. <laughs> that'll be yeah, something. It, 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 it'll be a basketball game being played. Um, <laughs> the, thunder, the Thunder is really odd. Uh, but, again, this is on NBA TV. And then the Warriors and Magic. They have only one ESPN game, and that is uh, on my birthday against the Houston Rockets. So, yeah, I mean, I think five's fine, honestly. Yeah. Um, 
there is a lot of intrigue in the league now. There's a lot of parity uh, now. There's a lot of teams that, you know, should and, you know, reasonably, you know, reasonably should have uh, more nationally televised games to me. I mean, Detroit is definitely a, you know, a team that should have some with the first overall pick, but um, yeah, five seems fine. Well, does that feel, how about when I tell you this, that the New York Knicks, the four seed last year, that was essentially swept out of the playoffs in five games. They have 29 nationally televised games this season. Does that change your opinion at all? Do you feel like maybe maybe the Houston Rockets or the, or the Detroit Pistons should have gotten maybe just one more national game rather than I, 22, 22 games the Knicks are going to be playing on ESPN, ABC, or TNT next year? 22! Uh, well, I'd, I'd want to see what that looks like year over year over year because I feel like the Knicks had a lot of a lot of big games even when they were god-awful. Uh, Yes. So that is obscene and high for a four seed that we may have just seen top out. Um, yeah, maybe ESPN and ABC were planning on them getting Chris Paul or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's a little high. I don't necessarily think that watching that offense is going to be very enjoyable. I mean, you have to consider the New York stage, right? I mean, a lot of those games are going to be probably against other high market teams. They're probably going to have the Lakers next game. They're probably going to have the Nets next game. They're probably going to have, you know, the Sixers in next game. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's a little high. Yeah. I just, I, I do. I'm kind of with you. Like I look, I get it. The Pistons were terrible last year. Houston was terrible last year. Like the teams that are bad are not going to get a lot of national TV games, but I saw that and I was just like blown away. I thought that was crazy. Uh, The other thing that's kind of disappointing, I will say from a Detroit fan perspective is that the, the Oklahoma city thunder game is the only one of those national games that's going to be played in little Caesars arena. So Pistons fans only have one game to kind of have their voices heard on national television, which I think is a little bit of a shame. Uh, although I will say I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that Orlando Magic game. Uh, Cade and Killian versus Suggs and, and Jonathan Isaac. And those are going to be two very, very young teams with a lot of upside. I, I think Detroit has a little bit more upside. Um, but the Magic will have hopefully Markel Fultz back by then as well. So that could be an interesting matchup as well. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how, you know, two really young rosters go at it. Same thing goes for the Houston game. Like, I mean, if you were going to put one Pistons game on ESPN this year, I think Cade versus Jalen Green would have to be the one, right? Yep. Yep, there's no question about that. I mean, that's two stars of the next generation of NBA stars. Mm. And there's a feud for some reason that's been created, (laughs) you know, to drive these two franchises against each other for some reason. I mean, it just makes no sense. I mean, 
but it draws headlines, right? And it makes things interesting, right? So I'm, I'm looking at a post from the Washington Post um, by Ben Golliver talking about some of the some of the teams that are trending up in terms of national games for this year. And, you know, obviously the Knicks having 22, um, that does not include games on NBA TV after having just one for the first half of last year's uh, season, you know, they do get Kemba Walker and, you know, you can't deny Madison Square Garden when it is raucous is a, is a different atmosphere than the average NBA arena. So it definitely makes sense. Um, the Hawks get quite a few games, but again, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. The Suns get plenty, and they should. They went to the freaking finals. Here is where I think we could be looking at, the, at Detroit's growth year over year is if you compare them to Memphis. Memphis has seven national uh, appearances, and John Morant's popularity certainly, certainly adds to that. I think that's the trajectory the Pistons are, you know, should be looking at is – um, if you take out the NBA TV, they have one ESPN game. They have one nationally televised game. Memphis has, you know, probably had a similar amount to that last year or two years ago. Um, now they have seven. So I think that's sort of what we, what we'd want to be looking at next year for the Pistons is getting Kate Cunningham more notoriety to the average NBA fan. And then you blossom this into like five appearances next year, or even four, I think would be marked improvement. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. And, you know, I do want to say I, I live in New York and, uh, you know, before I moved here, I didn't really, I don't know. I always thought the Madison square garden thing was overhyped until I actually went to an NBA game at Madison square garden. I was like, Oh, I get it. I get it now. Like it, you're, you're right. not lying. Like it really is a, a very special venue and one that I think if you're an NBA fan and you know, you get the chance to go take it. Cause it is worth it. Like there's plenty of n- good arenas in the NBA. Uh, I still haven't been to little Caesars arena. I've, I've been to Barclays center. Barclays center is it's nice. It's, it's pretty nice, but boy, there's, there's a reason Madison square gardens known as the Mecca because there's just something about it, man. It's the lighting, the acoustics. I don't know what it is. It just, it works. <laughs> it just freaking works. That's right. a place to watch a basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, moving on though, Mike, you know, we were talking about young players and, and moving up. Bleacher Report just came out with an article the other day saying their top 10 young NBA cores, young NBA cores meaning uh, their cores of players 25 and under, and the Pistons were not on that list. Uh, The list went from 1 to 10, the the Hawks, the Celtics, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Suns, Nuggets, and then this is where I think things get a little interesting when you talk 7, 8, 9, 10. They had the Mavericks, the Hornets, the Knicks, and the Rockets. So, Mike, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about those rankings? Is there anyone on there that you think should be on there, that isn't on there, that should be on there? Is there anyone that is on there that you think should not be on there? Um, because I'm looking over some of these and... Man, it's 
I know I'm a little bit biased, but it feels harsh for Detroit not to have a spot on this list to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit strange. Um, And I am looking at this list right now as well. I mean, the Hawks are very high. They're actually number one on this list and they did draft pretty well. I mean, Look, I like Jalen Johnson as much as the next guy um, and Shreve Cooper, but it feels like Detroit should be considered. It feels like the Cavs should be considered mm. um, to show some my bias. I mean, is is uh, I guess I'd have to look at the full Pistons roster here just to see. I well, so I have it right in front of me. I can tell you that okay. the Pistons players under twenty five, and I, I'm not going to include you know guys like. Balsa Kopravica. I'm not going to include Luka Garza on here because oh, those are players that they, don't really they, count. The so, yeah, you have... Killian. Yep, I got it. Yep, Josh you have Sadiq. Yeah, I mean, that's that's deep. Like, yes, I think you can say, hey, a lot of these guys aren't proven, but other than Cade, every single one of those players, and I think you could argue Killian as well because a very limited time he got last year. But other than Cade, every single one of those players has gotten NBA playing time and has looked good in their time. I I think Bay, uh, I think Isaiah Stewart, Hamadou Diallo as well. Like those are all NBA players with, with high upside. Um, And then when you get into players like Frank Jackson or Saban Lee, uh, you know, you're you're talking about players that have the ability to be rotation players in the league for a while. Um, so, who who's who's the most egregious team on this list? Not I, not just placement, but what's what's the most egregious team? Like looking at like how are they top ten? I mean, so I I have a hard time with this. So I think the Knicks are the most obvious one. Like that to me seems silly. Like. Look, I like R.J. Barrett, and Emmanuel Quigley was nice. Um, yeah. he, like, Emmanuel Quigley had some nice nice moments last year. Mitchell Robinson obviously has the blocks, Hurts. but, like, I don't see that. Like, where's the star power on that roster? Like, I don't know. Like, best-case scenario, is Emmanuel Quigley even a top 15 point guard in the NBA? Like really, if we're if we're looking uh, yeah. at the best point guards in the NBA, RJ Barrett, the same thing. It's like again, I I think he's a good player. Like he is he took a step forward offensively. He didn't do a bad job in terms of like turning the ball over. He showed a little bit more of like creation for others. But when you're talking about somebody like RJ Barrett versus Cade Cunningham. I think the ceilings there are very different. Like, I'm not sure R.J. Barrett, best case scenario, looks that much better than what R.J. Barrett looked like last year. Kate Cunningham, best case scenario, is all NBA. Is there any player on that next roster that I see that I go, that guy could make an all NBA roster? I'm not so sure. No, probably and, not. And, unless, unless you see some leaps from R.J. Barrett. Yeah, or like, I don't know, maybe Mitchell Robinson 
puts it all together all of a sudden and turns he's into healthy. he's got to stay healthy he's got to stay out of foul trouble like yeah i don't know that that to me looked like very much like a uh eh, what, what are what are mitchell robinson's per 36 stats wow look at all those blocks he could be a defensive right. player of the year one day and it's like if you're watching the games mitchell robinson's still and i'm not saying he's anything close to a finished product is still super raw like the guy definitely has issues with with foul trouble um let, let me see right here i mean career three fouls three personal fouls per game he only plays yeah. 22 minutes per game for his career you look at his per 36 per 36 minutes he's fouling out for his career <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't know. He's he's made strides there. I think he's a good player. But for me, when I look at that and I see, like, who's really next on the list? Obi Toppin? Quinton Grimes? If I'm putting yeah, players like that just, up yeah. against Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, I don't really see – I don't I don't see it. And, again, maybe that's just my bias talking, but I don't see it there. Uh, another team that I thought was a weird inclusion on this list, and people might fight me on this – was the Dallas Mavericks, actually. And, of course, the reason they're on here is obvious. They have Luka freaking Doncic. And if you have Luka Doncic on your team, um, you're doing okay. But after that, what are we talking about here? Here's the players that they listed after Luka Doncic as being part of this young core the Mavericks had. Moses Brown, Tyrell Terry, and Josh Green. Now, that to me is not a core. That's one player and a bunch of other stuff. I understand that Luka Doncic is Luka Doncic. He is the future face of this league. But to me, a young core insinuates that it's more than just one player. Um, like, you put those, you put the five youngest players on that team together and you put them out there as a starting five, guess what? They're getting blown out every single game because they have one guy. And maybe Moses Brown is something. Maybe Moses Brown is something. I don't really see it, to be honest. Um, but to put one player and a bunch of cast-offs, essentially, a bunch of refuse over the Pistons, Heck, over the over the Hornets who are on this list, over yeah, the Rockets I was just who are on this list, like how Hornets. does that make sense? The, I look at the yeah. Rockets. I have less of an issue with the Rockets being on here than I do with the Mavericks and uh, and the Knicks. I mean, you can at least see with, with the Rockets, you go, okay, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., KJ Martin, uh, Sengun, uh, Garuba, Josh Christopher. You're like, if they just hit on two of those guys, they're looking really really good for the next decade yep with with the mavericks like that's the issue this is why they can't get out of the first round they don't have anything really other than luca on this team that's it's really hard to rank because i mean even looking at the phoenix suns they only have three players on the roster who even qualify and it's booker it's eight and then it's jalen smith so now you're getting into the determination of, you know, quality over quantity. I mean, obviously Aiton and Booker are much better than anything else on, you know, the Hornets, but the Hornets might also have quality 
or I'm sorry, they might yeah. have quantity over quality. It's a, it's really tough. I mean, it is a Bleacher Report, you know, a, opinion piece. So I'm not going to put too much stock into it. I do agree Houston is kind of weird, although Sangoon looked awfully, awfully fun <laughs> uh, yeah. with the, as, as, a, as a playmaking center. And Usman Garuba looked like a very good defensive, but he's limited. He is a he is a defensive minded player, and obviously KPJ and, and Jalen Green are the you know the centerpieces of 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 that. Yeah, I feel like the Pistons should probably be. I mean, they if you were to keep going, I, I think they would have to be eleven, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. have to have just missed that list. One would assume, I mean, uh, you could also make an argument for, like you said, the Cavaliers. You could make an argument for the Orlando Magic, maybe not in terms of the players that they already have uh, that have shown things in the NBA level, but just in terms of potential. I mean, they still have Markel Fultz. They have Jonathan Isaac. They have Jalen Suggs. Like, those are three players who still all, and of course, in in case of the two former health permitting, but those are three players that could absolutely take a leap and become stars in oh, yeah. the organization. Um, I mean, you know, RJ Charlotte was a top pick and Cole Anthony played a lot and looked okay. I mean, but they, sure. they have, again, that's another case of quantity over quality. Yeah. And, and like, look, I I'm fine with like the Hornets being on here. I think they're an interesting, interesting one as well. Like how do you see PJ Washington and miles bridges? Are they kind of, what they're going to be. Do they have a little extra leap in them? Is LaMelo ball, you know, merely a really good player or could he be a great player? I think that's a, you know, it's just kind of, you're, you're, you're picking nits at that point. But for me, I, I really think the Knicks just do not belong on this list at all. And I also have a big problem, I think with the Mavericks being on there as well, just because, of course, you have the that best is player on there. Over quantity. That is absolutely quality <laughs> over quantity, but I think you need some quantity as well, too. I mean, oh, it right. is a core. How's that a core? I don't it's know. It's how Man. much you weigh Luka Doncic, and yeah, he's it's... a generational player. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, Tyrell Terry, Moses Brown, Josh Green. Ugh. Uh, it's not the strongest core in the world outside of Luka Doncic, but well, he does weigh I'm, heavily. I'm asking you this. So you look at like the Pistons under 25 players. I think Moses Brown is probably the second best of those. Who do you think he's better of than – would you put – let me leave it this. Would you take mm-hmm. Moses Brown over Sadiq Bey? Uh, no, I would not. Cade Cunningham? Uh, no, I would not. Hamadou Diallo? No. Killian Hayes. Uh, no. Isaiah Stewart. No. <laughs> Frank Jackson. Uh, probably not, no. Okay. So, you know, then we have like Saban Lee, Josh Jackson, Seku yeah. Demboya. Like, we're talking about a guy who's in that, like, fringe player on a 20-win team last year. So and how many times was he just traded? Moses Brown? I think he's already been traded twice, right? I think he's been traded twice in the last like three months. Yeah. And he was traded from he was traded from Boston. Yep. And he, no, was, he was traded, traded to Boston from Oklahoma City. Yeah. 
So he was traded then, twice since June. Yeah. Yep. And then part of that Josh Richardson deal as well. Correct. So, so that's, yeah. Yeah. That's that's strange to me, but I kind of get it. Um, the next one to me, though, that's uh, come on, man. RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. Let's let's get real. We need yeah. real star power here. And Kate Cunningham's got it. Uh, I, I, I think Much as I like Ball's Obi Toppin well. and his Dayton roots. Yes. Which really is not other than, uh, you know, other than his time in Dayton. He is a New York guy. I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see it. I mean, the other ones I get. The Boston Celtics. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Well, you know, so the, move, the Pelicans, moving I get that. Yeah, the I don't know. I, yeah, I, I get it. I'm I'm not taking off the Pelicans. I mean, they have Zion, they have Ingram. Like those are two established players in this league. You can't yeah. put Cade and Bay and Killian. You can say all the potential in the world, but like Zion's already doing it. He's already putting up yeah. Shaq numbers. Like, and that's not hyperbole. He's literally putting up. Yeah, he's actually putting up Shaq, Shaq numbers. numbers on offense. Like he's that freaking good. So, um, you know. I think at the top of the list, I don't have many issues. I, I do think that the the Suns are probably in the right place. Like Devin Booker was the best player on a team that went to the finals. I think you got to put that somewhere in your top three or four, regardless. Yep. So, um, but speaking of young players uh, that are on the Pistons, one of those I mentioned was Sekou Demboya. And uh, Cleveland.com's Chris Fedor recently reported, I I believe this was two days ago, that the Pistons are expected to dump either, and we discussed this first name on the podcast last week, Jaleel Okafor, or Sekou Dumboya. So my question to you, Mike, is which one of these is a more likely option in your eyes as of right now? Now, to, to be fair, Fedor did not get into specifics. He didn't put any trade packages together. He just simply mentioned that those were the two names that seem to be on the chopping block as the Pistons do currently have 16 guaranteed contracts. I mean, it makes more sense to try to get rid of Julia Locafor and keep your first-round pick from a few years past and try to make it work because he's a former first-round pick and you want to make those work. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that that's what to me makes the most sense. And is that going to actually happen? I mean, Seiku has more more value in terms of what you can get back. And, you know, I, I bounced this around a couple of my a couple of my co uh, writers at Fear the Sword. And, you know, they pretty much feel that moving the, you know, the player exception that the Cavs have for Seiku is probably all that they would do for him. Mm-hmm. Um, they wouldn't include a pick. It would just be more of get him off the roster and mm-hmm. deal with that. I mean, the, the Cavs do need a wing pretty badly. They've been scouring the market like crazy, trying to find a wing. Um, so for the Cavs, I mean, I, I would at least explore Seiko Duboya as a low-risk, moderate to high reward if, you know, if it ends up working out okay. But um, it's probably much easier to just find a place for Jalil Okafor and keep Seku and try to work it out. Um, it's <laughs> you really don't want to give up on him after just a short amount of time, but 
it's no, going to be tough. I agree. I mean, like, I, look, I, obviously he's still very limited, but I thought he looked league and more so than just like the numbers and the scoring. It was the effort. It was the physicality. It was the confidence that he seems to have in his game that has been sorely missing for the last year and change, honestly, because, you know, there was a lot of talk when he first came into the league and started putting up big numbers against good teams. Like he had that great game against the Celtics. Um, I'm sure you remember the massive poster he put Tristan Thompson on. Um, You know, there was real talk. Like people were saying, is this the next Pascal Siakam? And I think, uh, (laughs) The other day, I believe it was Kevin O'Connor, one of his tweets from, from 2020, that was like a highlight mix of, of uh, Seku against the Celtics saying, oh, you know, he looks like the next Siakam. He looks amazing. He's come so far in such a short amount of time. It's kind of crazy to think that right now we're, we're talking about him in the sense of not even getting a pick back, getting like do we, a trade do we have to give up a second round pick for him, right? That's crazy. Like, are we going to cut him or Jaleel Okafor, one of the worst players in the NBA over the last couple of years? Well, the problem is, is that that poster over Tristan Thompson, nothing's happened since then. Mm-hmm. Nothing has happened. Yeah, and you know, I I can't help but think that you know coming in during a COVID. You know, like that COVID period and then having the season cut just altered his growth. You mm-hmm. know, there was no G League. That was not an option. Wasn't getting playing time up in the NBA. And that really stunted things. And then there was a period where the non-bubble teams were unable to, you know, to practice or do anything mm-hmm. um, per the NBA protocol. So it's like... He already was off on a bad foot. He didn't really go well. And then I remember Aaron and I talked about this in the, in our free agency pod. And then they got Jeremy Grant and we're like, well, what the heck? Now they've just blocked Sekou. They still have Blake Griffin who they have to play. Now, what are they going to do? You know, now it's going to be even tougher for him. And it was, and he was not able to crack rotate. And it just seems like it's kind of, been continuously going downhill mm-hmm. and even now i mean the play time is going to be you know is is going to be tougher to come by um and i don't want to say that luca garza can take all of seku's playing time but you know seku has these traits and physical tools but like very little so far shown on what he can do with them at least luca garza can shoot a three-pointer with some general consistency, at least he did in, in summer league. And we're not going to overreact to good, you know, shooting in summer league, but he has a tangible skill that we saw. Mm -hmm. And for the same reason, I I believe it was Tim Forkin who on Twitter was talking about, you know, what is Sadiq Bey going to be able to provide down the line? No, he is a shooter. He can do that. That skill is not going to go away. Um, That's going to continue to be really vital. And he can carve out a role and stick in that role. Luca Garza, you know, is probably going to have that mantra of shooting as a backup big. And, you know, that'll be his thing. And maybe he'll bounce around the league or whatever. Seku just has these physical attributes, wingspan, height. And 
there's just not much to show with that. It's a lack of, of you know, finishing inside. It's a lack of shooting. Maybe he profiles a pretty good defensive player because of those physical characteristics, but so, like right now that just hasn't materialized. So maybe he's not worth that grab bag right now. And you try to move him off the roster and clear some space. Um, it's, it's really tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow to trade him for quite literally nothing. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think if they do end up moving Jaleel Okafor, I think this is the perfect opportunity to do something with Seku that a lot of people on Pistons Twitter, especially have been clamoring for, for a while now. And that's put Seku at the center position. Yeah. Um, small ball five. I really think he could thrive in that role on this roster, especially with Cade Cunningham and Killian Hayes passing him the ball, because the things that Seku does do well, and you know, one of the very few things he did well last year is run the floor. Like Seku will go off in transition. He will run towards the rim. He will run towards the line. He's going to give you that kind of, of effort and hustle. And I think that, if he can maintain that level of physicality that he was showing in, in summer league, and he can profile as a good defensive player as a small ball five. Um, I really think that you could, you know, you could have something there because if he's just going to get all the garbage points, you know, going to get all your transition opportunities, stuff like that. And he can give you consistent physicality there, consistent effort there, consistent scoring there then all he really needs to do is just you know be switchy on defense and you're talking about a good option as your third string I think that that's probably the best thing to do with him obviously Trey Lyles is there and Trey Lyles is probably not signed just to sit on the bench I don't know why they would do that um so yeah I think that Yes, Jaleel Okafor is probably the guy who's gone. And if he is, in my opinion, this really opens up the door for Sekou Demboya to show that not only does he belong on this team, but that he has a role on this team, which is even more important for him right now because he does really feel like a player that's floundering right now, just trying to figure out what he, he is, where he's going to play what he's supposed to do. And um, I think with players like, like Kate Cunningham and, and Killian Hayes, who can pass him the ball when he needs it. I think this could be a really good opportunity for him. And, and he could really show that those flashes we saw a couple years ago, weren't just flashes. They were a sign of things to come. Yeah. Him being a small ball five, that would, uh, that would unlock quite a quite a few more possibilities and like you said he was able to do that and he has the capability of doing that and if that's something that he's willing to do or at least try and I think he would be because his options are kind of limited right now um, it's going to be the difference between like being on a roster and not you know being out (laughs) on the trade block um, yeah. It's definitely worth exploring, for sure. Um, I, think a, I think it's a better option moving Plumley. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and look, I think it's a better option than having Luca Garza as that backup, as that third string center too. Because, you know, with Seku, you at least know you're going to be able to get some sort of ability on defense. Luca, I think, also needs the ball in his hands a little bit more to be effective offensively. And if you can have Seku out there as your third string center, just being your garbage man on offense and giving you what you need on defense as a small ball center. For me, that's preferable to, to burning Luca Garza's, you know, 22 games or whatever it is he gets as a two-way player. I'd rather have Garza down in the G league, learning how to play defense, you know, working on his footwork, working on the skills that hopefully are going to be able to make him into an NBA player one day. I'd rather have that. Uh, to me, that's a preferable option. Uh, yes, it's much more preferred. I'm trying to pull up the Pistons transition stats right now. Oh, I, I believe they, they were. And, I believe they, they were so. quite bad last year, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Um, and and a big part of that was, you know, plays like Seku Dumboya, where he'd be screeching down the floor and just no one would find him on the fast break uh, they really did not do a very good right. job of that last year it's part of what made them into a okay defensive team was you know their lack of pace but on the other hand I think it hurt players young players like like Seku who rely a little bit more on their on their athleticism and, and you know their ability to score when the defense isn't set first going right. against half court defenses. Yeah. And I mean, right now it's like, <laughs> gotta, gotta find something and, and, and play to his strengths like that. And you know, those are his strengths. Um, you may as well try to find something that fits, right? I mean, the Pistons have nothing to lose um, moving him for a traded or I'm sorry, uh, a TPE is, probably not preferred no let's see here is the okay here is the transition yeah the pistons were pretty poor they were in the 29th percentile in points per play in transition according to um cleaning the glass yeah that's, points that's, per possession transition were pretty poor that's <laughs> quite bad and and i think that that's going to go up this year especially when you have Diallo for a full season, when you have Cade in the fold, when you have Killian for a full season, like, you know, we, we already saw some of those ridiculous passes Killian Hayes can, can do. And, you know, really from like the free throw line on defense all the way to the rack on offense, he's got some right. amazing skills in that sense. So, you know, the new players that they brought in can only help in that front and, if your options are keeping Jaleel Okafor or Seku Dumboya, like, you know what you have in Jaleel Okafor. It's nothing. Right. With Seku, there's still something there. I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of his, but I'm not willing to give up that easily on a player who, with just a little bit of tweak and personnel, with just a little bit more practice, with a little bit more time around this team, something that he's barely gotten any of, you know, I just want to see what we got here. That's all. I read that. I read that stat wrong. They were 21st in the league in number of possessions that started with the transition play. They were 29th out of 30th in the league in points 
per play. Uh, 24th in points per possession, per 100 possessions that the team played through a transition, and they were were 26 points per possession overall at 108.4. So, you know, that's – but that that's a more fundamental change with the Pistons. And, you know, maybe having Cade as another pretty good defender and being able to start plays that lead to transition opportunities will help. Um, having, you know, Killian Hayes, who's another pretty, you know, a pretty good defender, having him healthy and helping to create more transition plays, um, that would help. That's that's a fundamental sort of thing though, you know, getting out in transition more. And that's something that, you know, the Chicago Bulls did really well last year for a horrible defensive team. They were very good in transition and they were very handsy defensively. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of something that the Pistons could try to do um, to get Seku running a bit more, you know, of course, if, if they, you know, if they keep him. <laughs> um, yes. So we're pretty much squarely both in the same camp of, yeah, let's try to not get rid of Seku for, you know, nothing and get rid of Jalil Okafor, who is a nothing and keep the, you know, maybe something, even if he's a backup small ball five, what big whoop, big whoop. That's at least valuable. And he's still young. Yeah. I I'm, I'm with you on that. A hundred percent, Mike. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, you know, I got to say for, for a couple guys that said, man, how are we going to even talk about anything? We somehow managed to squeeze 40 plus minutes oh, man. out of a How slow news week. Can actually listen. Well, uh, you I know what? The average if listening time will be like 21 minutes. I was going like, to say, oh my God, we're still talking about Jalen Smith. <laughs> if you're, if listen, if you're a Palace of Pistons uh, uh, listener and you have stuck with us all throughout this slow news week, this slow podcast without Aaron Johnson, who is on medical leave, uh, he's in an iron lung right now. Uh, if you stuck with us and you're on YouTube, write blue underneath in the comments, and we'll know you are a 100% no. Palace of Pistons fan. We'll be sending you a cut of all of Aaron Johnson's gambling winnings from here on out. And um, you'll be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <well. laughs> or. Okay, maybe maybe let me rephrase it. We'll be invoicing you for Aaron Johnson's betting losing, yes. <laughs> betting right. losses exactly. from here on out. Yeah, exactly. that's right. <laughs> so one quick thing before we wrap up. Uh, this is from Shams Sharania of The Athletic. Imani Bates has committed to the University of Memphis. Wow. Pretty interesting. That is interesting. Uh, they, isn't Rasheen Wallace on that? Yes, Penny Hardaway. Oh, baby. Just, you know what to do, Detroit. Bring him home next year. I want to see Imani in that red, white, and blue. That that would be a lot of fun. So that that means that they would have to not play as a top 10 core this year. They'd have to play as like a top top 20 core, right? Top 20 core. (laughs) Uh, Maybe the overall (laughs) roster. Well, the old guys can, the old guys can suck. We'll, we'll leave it to the young guys to play well. So in other breaking news, they're going to start Jalil Okafor. Oh How bizarre. <laughs> yes, that's why they're cutting Seku. That's exactly they, it. Uh-huh. They, need a, they need a tank commander. Yep. They need to and wait they have for bait ready. Yep. Oh, man. Well, 
Mike, I, other than that, yeah, I had a good time. It's it's this, too bad. Uh, too fun. bad Aaron couldn't be here. But hey, we the two of us had a good good time. This feels like old times back when I was uh, just filling in for for Aaron or you on the on the occasional off yes. week. So yes, this is old guys <laughs> podcast. That's right. Two the men and whippersnapper Aaron will be back next week. Thank God, and he'll be <laughs> editing this together. So luckily, somebody who knows how to work a computer will be getting this out to you tomorrow. Yes, yes. Um, all right, excellent, good podcast. Um, again, thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online. Once again, you visit their website or your mobile device and join Bet Online and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on that first. Deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. For Jasper Apollonia, my name is Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.